0: Well, good morning, Breathe New Life Church. It is great to have an opportunity to share with you today. Uh, For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Joel Wells. I'm the lead pastor of Harvest City Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. I've been the lead pastor here for about 10 years now. My father was the pastor for 23 years before that. I'm also on the leadership team of Lifelinks International. I first met uh, your pastor Paul. I think it was a couple years ago now in Winnipeg, Manitoba in Canada at our Lifelinks conference. It was kind of a an interesting setup so to speak. I was down in the foyer of the hotel and uh, I think I was just reading or something and this guy comes up to me and introduces himself It was kind of strange, and we figured out right away that he was uh, going to the Lifelings conference. I'd never seen him before, and he had this British accent, and we got talking and discovered he was at the conference for the first time from England, and uh, we started swapping stories and discovered we had a mutual friend in Uganda, Peter Kasarivu, who has been a great friend of mine and a waymaker for me in terms of the ministry that I do in Africa, and I just Discovered he had led Paul to Jesus and it was just this bizarre story that I would meet this stranger in a hotel lobby and we'd have all these connections and we ended up spending the whole afternoon together and I heard all about your church and I heard uh, Paul just share his testimony with me and then last year Sarah came with Paul to Canada and got to meet her which was awesome and we had all these great plans that uh, Paul was gonna come with me to Uganda in in this past September, and I was going to stop over in England and be a part of your church for the weekend, and he was going to tour me around a little bit, and it was just all going to be great and wonderful, and then this stinking COVID hit and ruined all those plans, but I am uh, excited to be able to, to share with you today, and I, I'm going to just share something really simple with you. This is maybe the most simple message that I have, and you're going to wonder, that, is this the best that this can guy can come up with perhaps, but it's not going to be profound or or, or sorry, it's not going to be deep, but it might be profound. I hope it's profound a little bit. And I I really think that God wants to encourage you and just strengthen you uh, today and maybe in some of the things that you're going through. I want to begin today by just saying that God cares deeply About everything that you're going through. I want you to know that God sees you. He sees your situation. He sees all the difficulties. He he sees all the details. And I believe that it's God's desire for you to know this morning. That you are not hidden from him. I believe that God also wants you to know That he wants to know you personally and wants for you to know him personally. I think some of you, God is wanting to call you back into a deeper personal relationship with him. You have known him personally in the past, but some things have gotten away and you've drifted. And God wants to call you back to that place this morning. You know, some of us feel as though God has forgotten about us. I've certainly had times in my life where I have thought, Lord, I, I don't think you remember me anymore. I think you've forgotten me. Do you even know that I exist? Don't you? Are, do, you're not answering my prayers, it seems. So do you, do you see me? Did you forget about me? Have you gone deaf, perhaps, or blind? We feel like God has forgotten about us sometimes. There are some people that are that are that feel that God is just angry with them. They maybe they've made mistakes and maybe that's you this morning. You've done some things that you that you are ashamed of or you never thought you would do. And and so you're you're distant from God because you feel like he's angry with you that you've disappointed him or and somehow he's rejected you for that. In the Bible, we're told the story of the children of Israel and the children of Israel were in real trouble. They had, they had rejected God. They had turned their backs on him. They had uh, begun to worship false idols and all sorts of things. And the judgment of God had come on them. And the anger of God had, had been uh, released against them. And and uh, they were experiencing some disastrous consequences for the choices that they had made. Uh, God allowed them to be taken as slaves. Literally taken captive and and gone uh, as slaves into a foreign land the the mighty city of jerusalem's walls had been broken down and and were just laying in ruins this city that had once been the proud city the uh, you know the, the the crown jewel of israel jerusalem in ruins and in this state of despair As the Israelites looked at the situation that they were in. As they looked at the broken down walls of of their city. they, They came to this conclusion. They reached the conclusion that God no longer cared for them. They said these words in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 14. The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. That was what they felt. Now I have no idea. I don't know any of you. I I have no idea of the circumstances that surround your lives today, but it's very likely that some of you are watching this video this morning and you feel exactly the same way as those Israelites did. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage, or maybe you're struggling in your relationship with your children, or maybe there's some health issues that you're going through, or some financial issues. Maybe even uh, with this COVID situation, you've lost a job, or or, or or it's put some financial pressure on you, or you're feeling alone, or you're feeling isolated. There's just all sorts of things that are going through your life, uh, that are happening in your life, and there's this, there's this real sense. of of struggle and of loss and there's this wonder and this thought, does God really care? Does God really see me? Has he forgotten about me? I want to tell you that I'm convinced that the answer to this question, does God care? Does God see me? The answer to that question is yes. He absolutely does. But I want to tell you I didn't always feel that way. As a child, I I grew up in a Christian home, I went to a Christian school, my dad was a pastor, so whether I wanted to or not, I was in church every Sunday, I heard thousands of sermons, I learned a lot about the Bible, I could write essays on Jesus... But as I grew older, I really began to go through a period of my life of doubt, of really wondering if God truly existed. Maybe I only believed the things that I believed because my dad had brainwashed me to believe these things. And, and it sort of culminated in my first year of university. I was now in a secular university, secular school for the first time in my life. And basically everything that I had been taught was coming under attack and, and uh, the things that I had believed would be ridiculed in a sense in that setting Uh, you know my professors were atheists Uh, they didn't believe in a creation story so I had all these things coming against me and I had lots of questions is God really real does God really have a purpose for my life does he really see me and is he is there a God that's really can be involved in the details of my life and I became I reached a point where I would say that I was desperate for God to reveal himself to me. I was began to cry out to God to reveal his power to me. You see, this is what I knew. I knew that if God was really real, then I would be a fool to not give my entire life to this God. To, to, I would be a fool to not want to know him and to serve him. Uh, I would want to, to, to have my life uh, lived according to God's purposes if he was real. But I also knew that if God was not real, that I would be an absolute fool to ever go to church again. And I was coming to that conclusion. I was coming to that point in my life where I was ready to turn my back on the whole thing. I didn't have a personal relationship with God. Uh, Church was boring to me. Uh, I just didn't see much point in it. And but but I but I was scared I did not want to turn my back on God if he was real and if he was real I wanted to know him and so it sent me on this journey where I began to cry out to God Lord if you are real reveal yourself to me it's a long story uh, but that summer uh, after my first year of university I was at a church camp in the USA And uh, I can't tell you all the details of the story, but that night, the the Holy Spirit invaded the room that we were in. It was a youth meeting and I saw the power of God in ways I had never seen it before. And I I heard God say to me in my ears, can you see my power now? And I knew God was speaking to me and it scared me. And uh, I didn't let the the preacher who was preaching that night pray for me or touch me uh, because I was sort of frightened by what was happening but I knew that God was real. And so I went home and I began to cry out to God with real fervor. I prayed more than I had ever prayed before. And I would lit- I remember literally one day just in frustration, it just felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling and weren't getting through. God wasn't Speaking to me personally, and I remember sitting down in a chair in my room and just saying these words out loud. I was home alone and just saying to God, well, I don't know what else to say anymore, uh, God, but I want you so bad that I'm just going to sit here until you reveal yourself to me. And I sat there for a long time and, and nothing happened. And eventually I got bored and, and left. But. Shortly after that, I had an encounter with Jesus that changed the course of my life. I was uh, asleep in my bedroom one night, just fast asleep. And suddenly I awoke in the middle of the night, must have been two or three in the morning. The room was pitch black and suddenly uh, all I can say is that the presence of God invaded my room. And I sensed the love of God in a way I had never felt it before in my life. And suddenly I found myself alone in the dark, just weeping uncontrollably in my bed, just sobbing as it was like the love of God just washed over me wave after wave after wave. And that night I became convinced that God saw me, that God cared for me, that God had a a destiny and purpose for my life. And I got out of my bed and I knelt down on my knees and I said, "Okay." god my life is yours you can have me and that was uh, 25 26 years ago and i've been on this wild ride ever since that knowledge that god sees me that god loves me that god cares for me has caused me to live my life with tremendous passion and with tremendous sense of purpose In times of trouble, I turn to God for strength. I turn to him for wisdom. I turn to him for courage because I know that he's there. In times of anxiety, I turn to him for peace. In times of depression, knowing that God is for me restores my joy. But church, listen to me. Because I'm convinced of this fact. If God is near to me, then he's near to you. If God sees me, then he sees you. In fact, the Bible tells us in, in Acts chapter 27 that God is not far from each one of us. But here's what I've discovered. There are many people who do not live with this knowledge, even Christ, supposed Christians. And there are many people who are trying to make it through this life on their own, apart from God. I tell you, it doesn't work very well. A few years ago, I had a, an interesting experience. I ran into an old friend of mine from my university days. This was a, a man that I had not seen in fifteen years. When I knew this guy he we had played basketball together. He was a great athlete he was a physical specimen, six foot five, and he, you know he could jump out of the gym and you know, he was known for for his for his dunking ability and, and things like that. And he'd gone on to have a uh, uh, play rugby at a very high level as well. And so uh, that, that's what I knew of him. But I hadn't seen him in 15 years. And and now I was a pastor, just a brand new pastor. And and we were having a, a, some special meetings at our church, a guest speaker. And and so we had advertised it to the community and and the church was full that night and i was just uh, at the back of the church and the usher one of our ushers came to me and said joel there's a guy here who says he's an old friend of yours and uh, he would like to meet you and i was like wow who could that be and so the usher led me up to the front of the church where this guy was sitting and as i approached him and saw him i just I just froze for a second. I just literally froze in the aisle as I looked at him because I saw that he had dark sunglasses on and he had a white cane in his hand. And I realized I knew who he was and I I recognized him and I discovered and I realized he's blind. My friend is blind and immediately this like, oh my gosh, what happened? And so I had to compose myself for, for a minute as I, as I went up to meet him. And it was, you know, it was a little bit awkward, but obviously right away I had to say, what happened? And uh, he said to me, it's a long story. And I said, well, we should get together. And so, so we ended up getting together. I picked him up and took him for lunch and and uh, began to share, be, what happened? And he began to share this journey of how he had, had contacted, he got cancer in the brain. And he told me how he had literally spent 10 months in a hospital fighting for his life and they didn't think he was gonna live and it had been a living hell. And, and eventually uh, they were able to deal with the tumor and got it taken care of, but he had lost his eyesight in the middle of it. And it was just awful to hear the story. And then then he began to say that wasn't even the worst of it. Uh, the 10 months in the hospital wasn't the worst of it it was living coming to this new reality that I was blind my whole life was based on how uh, successful I was as an athlete all my identity was tied up in in being an athlete and now I can't do any of those things and I felt totally helpless totally dependent and he he began to just share the story how he had just reached this point in his life where he didn't even want to live anymore and and had become suicidal and he had spent uh, weeks in the mental health ward and it was just this incredible story and so finally I stopped him and I said I just have to ask you this question because I said you know I've changed a lot since you knew me too and and uh, and uh and that's a whole story in itself and i said i'm now a pastor of a church you know he said, i know i heard that that's sounds that's crazy and uh and i said and so i said i just have this question that i have to ask you i said you know i'm in my time of being a pastor i've seen people You know, with a lot that have gone through a lot of things in their life. And one of the things I've discovered is going through difficult things usually results in one of two things. Either people get angry at God and bitter at God because of what's happened to them and they get offended and they turn their backs on God. Or... If they haven't known God, maybe this is a time when for the first time in their life, they're like, I need some help. And they cry out to God and and ask him to help. And so I said, was there ever a time in those 10 months when you're in the hospital or a time a time, even when you're in the mental health ward where, where you cried out to God and asked him to help you? And this is these are the exact words that he that he spoke to me. He said, I, I never got bitter at God he said and I do believe there's a God pastor he said I believe that there is a God but I think he is far too busy to be involved in the affairs of my life he said I think he's got more important things to do than me I said you didn't even cry out one time he said no not even one time and as he told this to me, my heart just ached for him because I thought of him facing all these challenges and death and despair and all this thinking that God was too busy for him. And I began to share with him as I'm sharing with you this morning that God was near to him and God sees him and, and, and God would hear his cries. You know, at the beginning of this message today, I told you about how the Israelites had become convinced that God had forgotten them, that God had deserted them. And, but I want you to listen to God's response to them as they looked at these broken walls, as they saw themselves in captivity, as they said, Lord, you've forgotten about us. Here was God's response to them. Isaiah 49 verse 15. Never with an exclamation point. Never. And then he asks this question, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for a child that she has born? I mean, you know, there is no greater love than a mother for her child. And so God is saying to these Israelites, they were like his children. And he's saying, can, can, a, can a mother feel no love for a child that she's born? It's, it's like a ridiculous question. But then he says this, even if that were possible. I would never forget you, exclamation point. And then he says this, see, I have written your name on my hand. Ever before me is a picture of Jerusalem's walls and ruins. He says, I would never forget you. I literally have written your name on the palm of my hands. Now, when I read that, that just brings such a powerful imagery to me. And I think of of times in my life where my wife has maybe phoned me uh, from home and said, Joel, on your way home today, I need you to stop by the grocery store and and pick up some milk because there's no milk for cereal in the morning. And, you know, the kids are going to need the milk. And I think if I come home and and the kids wake up in the morning and realize there's no milk in the fridge, I'm going to be in trouble. And so I get my pen out and I write on the palm of my hand, Joel, don't forget to pick up milk because I'm going to look at my hand Over and over throughout the day, and it's going to jog my memory, even when I climb into my car at the end of the day. All right, I got to go get some milk. And God is saying to us, You are so important for me, I would never forget you. I have literally written your name in the palm of my hands. That's pretty cool. But, you know, sometimes what happens to me is as the day goes along, maybe I've been working or getting nervous or something. And my hands begin to sweat and that ink begins to rub off my hands. And I'll look at the end of the day and go, man, I was supposed to remember something, but I can't. It's all smeared. What was I supposed to remember? But there's another translation of the scripture that I love that puts it like this. See, I have engraved your name in the palm of my hands. That's awesome. I've carved your name right into my hands. God says, so that I would never forget you. He says, see, you think I've forgotten you. You think I don't see. And he says, I've got a picture ever before me of Jerusalem's walls and ruins. I've got that picture so that I, I will never forget. That's awesome. And God wants you to know, as you hear me today, that he sees you, that he would never forget you, that he sees your troubles. He sees your struggles. He sees your need. He has a picture of it on his fridge. If he has a fridge, he's got your name engraved on the palm of his hands. He sees you. one time i had an amazing experience that proved to me just how much god sees us and cares for us and knows us i was traveling to to uh, another city three hours away from my city to visit my grandfather he was dying And uh, and so I just wanted to see him before he died. And so I was just going alone. I was alone in my car I was actually looking forward to the drive. It's nice to get away sometimes and just be alone. And I had these plans that I was going to put on some good worship music and I was going to just pray and I was going to worship God and just enjoy some time alone and reflection and. And I was pulling out of our city and uh, right on the, uh, as, I, as I was pulling uh, out onto the main highway to leave the city, I just had this thought go through my mind, Joel, you should pick up a hitchhiker. I, I hope you use that term in England, but somebody who needs a ride standing on, at the side of the road with their thumb out means I, I need a ride. Would you pull over and pick me up? And so I had this thought, Joel, pick up a hitchhiker. And immediately I had another thought go through my brain or another voice in my head. And it was the voice of my mother telling me, oh, no, you can't pick up a hitchhiker because they they could kill you. You see, when I was young, I remember one time seeing this guy standing on the side of the road with his thumb out and asking my mom as she was driving, what's he doing? And she said, oh, he needs a ride. And I said, well, we've got room in the back seat. Why don't we pick him up? And my mom was like, oh, no, no, no. You don't know who this guy is. And he could get into the car. And once we're in the car and the doors are locked, he could pull out a gun or a knife. Or You don't know these people, Joel. It's dangerous to pick up hitchhikers. And so all my life, I've lived with this sort of phobia in my mind. You don't pick up hitchhikers. And so this thought goes through my brain. I'd never picked up a hitchhiker before. And I hear this thought Joel, you should pick up a hitchhiker. I'm like, I don't want to pick up a hitchhiker. And my mom would be horrified if I picked up a hitchhiker. But I knew as I got to the edge of the city that there would be hitchhikers there because there always are. And so I thought, well, I'm going to slow the vehicle down and I'm going to look. And if there's somebody there that I feel like God wants me to pick up and, you know, if they look safe, maybe I'll let them in. And so uh, I, I sure enough, I come to the edge of the city. There's about three or four people standing there with their thumbs out. I slowed down and sort of looked to the side to, to look at them. And they were getting excited like they were going to get a ride and walking towards the vehicle. But they all looked like they could kill me. So I stepped on the gas and just and just punched it. Uh, and never thought about it again as i drove the 3 hours to the to, to the other cities Spent some time with my grandfather stayed the night next morning. I get up to come home I have the same thought go through my mind as I'm leaving the city of my grandfather You should pick up a hitchhiker and of course as I'm leaving that city There are some that are going to be there and so I went through the whole procedure slowed down checked They all looked like they could kill me and so I I just kept going and I was having a great time with the Lord I was worshiping I was praying reflecting and Suddenly about an hour out of that city two hours from my home city there was just a a place on the side of the road where there was one man standing with his thumb out like this just a lone figure sort of in the middle of nowhere and as I blew past him at a hundred kilometers an hour maybe even a little faster than that this voice in my mind said that's the one pick him up and so then I went for a two or three miles where I was just debating with God is this God or is this just me is this craziness and finally I thought there's only one way to find out and so I, I said fine Lord if this is you I'll turn around and if it's really you have him be there and if he's still there I'll pick him up and so I, I did a little UE and, and turned to drive back the three miles just hoping and praying he wasn't gonna be there but sure enough he was and so I pulled over and and, uh, I'll never forget it because he had a little backpack on, on his back and he had this giant bag that he was carrying that I had to put in the trunk, or do you guys call it the boot? I had to put it in the trunk of my car. And I remember thinking that bag could fit a body in it. It was like a body bag. I didn't even want to ask what was in the bag. And so he gets in the seat beside me and he, he reaches down into his backpack. And the first thing that he pulls out is this book and it's on Buddhism. I could just see by the title, it has something to do with Buddha on it. And I thought, that's interesting. And so I, I just, uh, you know, I said, that's an interesting looking book you've got there. And he said, yeah. And, and uh, I said, why are you reading that? And he said, well, it's a bit of a long story. And I said, well, we've got a couple hours here to my to my city. And uh, I said, where are you from? And he told me that he was from, from uh, just outside of Toronto, which is like a 30-hour car drive. Canada's a big country from where I live. And I'm like, man, you are a long ways from home. And uh, I said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, truth be told, he goes, this might sound a little strange, but I'm on a journey to find God. What? I said, you're on a journey to find God? And uh, I said, these words just came out of my mouth. Well, it's your lucky day because I know him. <laughs> and uh, he kind of he kind of looked at me a little strange. And I said, what's your story, man? And he says, well, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, well, he says, I don't, uh, I'm not sure how to say this. He goes, but I've done a lot of bad things in my life. And I, and instantly I was like, oh Lord, my, what my mom told me was true. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, I've done some really bad stuff and I didn't have the courage to ask him what it was. And he said, I have a court date coming up in a, in about a month. And he says, I'm I'm going to go to prison. I'm guilty. Uh, i'm gonna go to prison and so he says i've got and I got a month before my trial and i just decided i'm i need to find god and so i just thought i'm going to hitchhike across canada and see if i can find god <laughs> i thought this is crazy and so for the next two hours i just shared jesus with this man and and uh, this young guy, and by the time we got to my city, I wasn't done. And so I said to him, uh, why don't you come and stay the night at my house? You can use my shower, sleep in, in the bed, and, and we can continue the conversation. And he and he said, oh, you would do that? I said, of course. And so while he was in the shower, I'm phoning my wife. I'm saying, Ange, when you come home uh, to, from work today, I, there's going to be a stranger in the house. It's a long story. It's God. Trust me. I picked up a hitchhiker today. It's, it's wild. And so, after he got out of the shower and sat down on my couch in the living room, we just began to talk some more. Suddenly, I had had this picture, or almost like a video, happen in my mind, and I saw this this little boy running down a hallway in his house, and. And uh, bursting into his bedroom jumping onto the bed lying face down on on his pillow and taking the pillow and putting it up over his ears and I just couldn't get this video out of my mind this this imagery out of my mind and I thought I must be hearing from God this day has been so crazy this must be God and so I stopped this man his name was Charles and I said Charles sorry just as you were speaking I just had this this image this video Being played in my mind. I don't know what it means, but I think it's going to mean something to you. And I just described to him what I just described to you. And as I was describing it to him, he just began to weep in his chair like just sob uncontrollably, shoulders heaving. You know, the snot coming out of the nose kind of cry like it was ugly. And finally, when he got his composure, I said to him, Charles, what did I just describe? He said to me, how did you know that? I said, what are you talking about? How did you know that? And I said, know what? He goes, you just described the most vivid memory I have of my childhood. I said, what are you talking about? And he began to tell me that he had grown up with an alcoholic father. And when his father was drunk, he would often come home and beat his mother. He would get very violent when he was drunk. And he said he used to just beat my mother and and she would be screaming. And he said when she would start screaming, I would run down the hallway. I would slam the door of my bedroom. I would jump onto my bed. I'd bury my face in my pillow and I would pull up the pillow over my ears so that I wouldn't have to hear her scream. How did you know that? He said. I said, Charles, this has been a bizarre day. I've never picked up a hitchhiker before ever in my life. And God told me today, as I was driving past you on the road to pick you up, you see, God sees you. Even when you were a little boy, God saw you. Even when you were laying on your pillow, when you didn't know what to do, God was there, whether you felt him or not, whether you knew him or not, God was there. And here you've been going on a journey to find God. And what you need to know is that God has actually been looking for you. God has been drawing you and trying to reveal himself to you, even from the time that you were a little boy and god loves you and god cares so much about you and god knows all the details of your life to the point that he would send this little preacher to pull over on the side of the road and talk to you and share jesus with you and that day i gave him an opportunity to receive jesus as his savior and he prayed to make jesus His savior with tears running down his eyes and I spent the rest of the day teaching him the Bible as much as I could teach him. I gave him a Bible. And the next day he said, Joel, take me to the highway. I'm going home. I got what I came for. I found God. It's one of the best stories that I have. I got to wrap up. Church, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your stories today. But this is what I know. This is what I'm convinced of. God cares about you. He sees you. Your name is engraved on the palm of his hands. He cares. When you cry out to him, he listens. He's for you. He's not against you. And hes I feel like there's some of you even here this morning that are listening that God is calling you back into that relationship with himself. It's a time to draw near. And maybe some of you are watching here hear this today and you don't even know Jesus as your savior. You know, the greatest proof that we have that God loves us and cares for us is that he sent his only son, Jesus, to come into this world and to die on a cross for us, to pay the penalty for our sins. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's no way for us to have relationship with God because of our sin Somebody had to come and pay the penalty for it. Somebody had to come and wash that sin away. And when we couldn't do it ourselves, when we couldn't earn the love of God, when we couldn't earn his mercy, when we could never be good enough, God sent his son, Jesus, into this world. He lived a life of perfection. He was perfect. And he chose to willingly die in our place. On that cross, a great exchange took place. He took all of our sin upon himself. He experienced the wrath of God, the judgment of God that we should have experienced. And he gave us his righteousness. He made it available to us. And the Bible says, whoever believes on the Lord will be saved. The Bible says that if we will believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord, that we will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the penalty of our sin and also have our relationship. Relationship restored with God. The Bible says that those who know the Lord become the children of God, that we become his children. And we can have that relationship with God as a father, the God who is a perfect father, who never leaves us, never forsakes us, never turns his back on us. And if you've never made Jesus your savior, I'm just going to end today by giving you that opportunity. I'm just going to pray a prayer of salvation. And if you're in your own heart, as you're listening to me today, saying, God, that's me. I need you, Jesus. I need that. I need a savior then just say in your hearts, I'm praying that prayer with the pastor. That's my prayer, Jesus. I come before you today, knowing that I'm a sinner in need of grace, in need of mercy, knowing that there's nothing I can do to earn your love and your approval. I come today, Jesus, believing in my heart that when there was no way you made a way for me, when you died on that cross. You died for me. My sins were on you. And so today I receive that free gift of salvation that you've made available to me. Jesus, be my savior. Be my Lord. Today I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Restore my relationship with the living God. Wash me clean. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. Reveal yourself to me more and more. Amen.